I'm pulling on my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time for another drive to work. Okay, so um, yesterday, my time, uh, uh, as I record this, um, we made our big announcement for the next year's worth of products. Uh, big announcement day. The largest, the largest uh, announcement we've ever done. In fact, the whole week, we had an announcement week. Um, and so... We had never done anything quite like that before. So I want, I want to talk a little bit about sort of the announcement week and all the different things that went to it and um, uh, sort of the making of the video. And anyway, just a behind the scenes of announcement week. Um, so the interesting thing is when it all started, um, originally it, it kind of came together in an interesting way. So what happened was we have a system where we announce in six month increments. Um, but, uh, back in, I don't know, March, whenever we were supposed to make our, our, our normal announcement, um, just for some behind the scenes stuff, we, we needed to dot some I's and cross some T's and we, we didn't, we weren't able, uh, to make the announcement on the time we were originally scheduled. Um, and so we realized that we had wanted to do something in June anyway, uh, cause the 25th anniversary of magic is coming up. And we wanted to sort of make a big deal of, hey, you know, we're really doing a lot of cool things. And in fact, a bunch of out of the ordinary things because it's the 25th anniversary. And we thought, oh, well, what if we just did a, a video and sort of talked about a lot of stuff? And so our, our six-month announcement became almost a year announcement. Like, here's the next year's worth of product. Um, and we've never announced that many things at once. That was uh, something new to us. And so we were trying to figure out how best to do that. Um, and in the announcement, once I realized, like, I, I, we had meetings or stuff, and once I realized what we were announcing at the meeting, one of the things we were announcing at the meeting was uh, Core 2019, which is the course that comes out in 2018. Uh, but what I realized was you guys didn't know the course sets were coming back. Like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. Um, I had planned on writing an article, uh, you know, Metamorphosis 2.0. Uh, we, had, we were making a bunch of new changes. I had planned to write the article. Um, I didn't quite know when I was going to put the article out, but as soon as announcement week, you know, announcement day was announced, I'm like, oh, okay, I have to, I have to explain to everybody what's going on before the announcement happens because it announces stuff like the core set, which you guys didn't even know existed. So like, okay, so I have to write an article. So, um, so I, the way it works when I write something that's a big article is I write it way ahead of time. Um, normally, I write my article three to four weeks ahead of time because it has to be translated. My, my article is translated into, I don't know how many languages. We, probably not all the languages we print magic, but a whole bunch of languages we print magic in. Um, and, but this was, whenever it's a bigger announcement, there's more eyes that have to look at it. There's more people. So it, I have to turn it in extra early. So I think I turned it in like six weeks early. Um, and, you know, I was... The, the previous Metamorphosis article had gone over very well, what I'll now call 1.0. Um, and so I knew the style of how I wanted to write it. I, I, I got, I, the reason I even named it 2.0 is I wanted, like, I liked the tone and how I did the first one. I'm like, this is kind of a continuation, so let's just call it 2.0. Um, and then anyway, I wrote it, I turned it in, um, and uh, I, I was happy with it. Uh, uh, the way it works is when I ever turn stuff in and the articles that are sort of the big articles uh, get seen by a lot of people and then I get a lot of notes uh, and then I go back and between uh, Blake Blake uh, is the editor of the site and Chris is my uh, personal editor that does my articles and me between the three of us 
we will sort of adapt to changes based on feedback. And then um, if it's a small change, they'll just make the change and show it to me. You know, if it's just like a factual change. Uh, if it's a little bit bigger, I, I come back to me so I can write it. So, you know, so it's, it um, makes sure that I can sort of incorporate it properly. If not just changing like a, a fact or something. Um, but anyway, so I got that all in, turned it all in. Uh, I was ready. And then we started talking about how, how to announce this stuff. And so we had, we had a long list of things we wanted to announce. Um, so one of which obviously was unstable. So for those that know me at all, um, I, the unsets are my, are, are my darlings. I, I, I love the unsets. Unglued, obviously, I did back in 1996. Um, I was, I mean, I did a whole podcast on this. I was given a sad where I didn't, you know, the constraints were, ah, oh, that's a silver border. Can't be played in tournaments. You can do whatever you want, you know. And, and from that, I crafted what has become the unsets, which is sort of a out-of-the-box kind of, with a more silly tone to it, you know, just sort of, hey, magic is fun, and I could push boundaries in places I'm not normally allowed to push boundaries because I don't have the restrictions of this has to make sense in tournaments, per se, that I could sort of push things a little bit. Um, it turned out, by the way, that, that uh, there's been a lot of reward from doing that. There's been a lot of, you know, when you sort of push boundaries, you find things you might not normally have found if you hadn't. Um, and things like full art land or token cards or, you know, the packs from Future Sight or, or split cards or, you know, there's a lot of things that have come out of, um, you know, uh, meld. I mean, there's a lot of things that have come out of experiments we've done when we're trying to sort of push boundaries that, you know, what, what today is the push boundary 10 years from now might just be normal magic. Um, so it, anyway... Uh, so we put on, on uh, glued out, and so when unhinged came out, um, when unhinged came out, we decided to do something fun, which was uh, we announced it on we, we we kind of announced it on April Fool's Day. So what we did is um, people have been asking for a second unset after you know un, unglued came out. It was six years later. People have been asking for it. They enjoyed unglued. They go oh, make another unset, make another unset. And so I wrote an article. I said basically, hey, it's April Fools. And what would be a better day to announce, you know, the second unset than April Fool's? And I wrote the article kind of tongue-in-cheek where it was kind of like, hey, is this an April Fool's joke? Or, no, like, if we really were doing it, this would kind of be a fun time to do it. And then I did a poll afterwards where I asked people, and 50.1% thought it was real, and 49.9% thought it was fake. Uh, which is perfect, exactly, like right down the middle. Um, so when the time to, to announce um, on, on Stable came around, um, there was some talk of maybe we're supposed to do an announcement separate from everything else. Um, and so there was a lot of talk about maybe it's April Fool's, we'll do something on April Fool's. Um, oh, because the original announcement, the, the six-month announcement uh, that, that we ended up pushing off was actually going to happen on March 31st originally. So the next day was April Fool's. So like, oh, maybe we're supposed to do some fun thing where we hint at it in the announcement and then blam, we do something fun on April Fool's Day. Um, my big issue at the time was, oh, could we not do the one joke we've done before? You know, like as a, as a comedy writer, I'm like, we, we did that joke really well once. You know, I, the, one of the things about Unstable in general is, um, you know, it's, uh, so 2004 was the last time we did. It's 13 years later. Um, I really, like, 
one of the big differences you guys will see, I, I can't get too much in the details, but we have modern design technology and we have creative technology and there's also there's ways we make sets now that are much more advanced than once we once did. And while this has this, all the fun and sensibility of the old school silver border sets, there's a lot of a modern technology added to it. And so we really wanted to communicate that, yeah, 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 it's an unset. If you like unsets, you'll like this because it's an unset, but it's got a little bit more sophistication. There's a lot more components to how we're doing it. It's a little more put together than previously we had done. Just because we, it's 13 years later, we've learned a lot. Um, and so I felt like just kind of doing the same joke, just reinforced, ah, just the same thing, rather than, no, 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 it's a little bit different. Um, and so anyway, when the thing got pushed back, it turned out, okay, we're not gonna announce it then. Um, and then it said, okay, we're going to announce this giant announcement. Um, how do we want to do the giant announcement? What are we going to do? Um, and I know we had talked a bit about, should it be an article? Like, what? how are we going to announce all this stuff? Uh, and then the guy decided, no, 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 let's do a video. Let's make a video where, um, and the idea was uh, Nate, who's one of the um, you know, people that does the online, online media, um, it's like, okay, Nate will walk around and talk to people, and then various people can, can do different things. Um, and the idea was that because we're talking about a year's worth of product, different parts are in different state of what we want to say. You know, like for example, Unstable was just merely its existence was the surprise. Or something like Ixalan, the audience knew of Ixalan, I mean, they didn't even name Ixalan, but they didn't really know what it was about. So we was our first chance to sort of give them a little inkling of what kind of world Ixalan was going to be. So the different sections required different amounts of, of uh, information and so like okay well if different people talk about different sections so that way that the tone would be right where you know if you talk to one person well they they share one kind of thing um and so it was decided that uh we, we broke it up so we ended up having uh so liz was our brand manager so she was going to introduce things sort of set the tone it's the 25th anniversary um and then um she was going to sort of introduce uh mark winters uh so we were kind of go, we were going pseudo chronologically, um, so the idea is oh hours of devastation was coming up very soon. Uh, later in the week would be the first previews, and so we wanted to mark. We wanted to be kind of visual. So the idea is to come to Mark. He's at um, what we call the art wall, which is by a creative team where as different art and stuff gets hung up. And so the idea is, I mean, we sort of refabricated. Uh, 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 I mean. That, remember, we work way ahead of time, so there was no actual hour of de uh, devastation up. We had to remake it because things you can't, can't see yet are up. Um, and so that way, Mark could talk and, and do a little more visuals. That part, we wanted to actually show some art and stuff um, so we can show you pictures. Um, then we threw it to um, Allison, who was going to do the Ixalan portion that would sort of talk all about, you know... Uh, um, it's pirates and dinosaurs and, and you know, it's, it's Pirate Frasca and all, all the cool stuff. Um, and then she would mention the art book and stuff. And um, Allison actually has a bunch of training in comedy. Um, she is in, she's in an improv troupe and she's, she does a lot of, um, of comedic speaking and stuff. And so she um, was a great person to sort of do that. Um, then after Allison was me and Kelly. Uh, so they decided the two of us would do... Um, uh, 25th anniversary Masters Edition, uh, Dominaria, and um, the core set, the core, core 2019. Um, and once again, the, the farther art we were, the less we were allowed to say, 
Um, so we really just kind of told you we were going to Dominare, but I, I, I begged, I go, please, please, could I mention that Richard was on the design team? Because that meant a lot to me. Um, that one of the things that's really excited about doing Dominaria is, like, uh, it very much is our past. We really, for the 25th anniversary, we wanted to go back. You know, it's the, 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 the idea of, like, we knew one day we wanted to go back to Dominaria, and the idea of being the 25th anniversary, it just seemed too perfect. Uh, and once I knew we were doing that, I really wanted Richard involved. Um, Richard had let it known that he was interested in doing another magic design. Um, in fact, oh, here's a funny story is I had talked to somebody and, and I had said, oh, yeah, I'd love, you know, whenever Richard wants to do another magic set, I'd love to have him. And then Richard had been somewhere and he said, you know, whenever they want me back, I'm, I'm glad to do it. And somebody had figured out that I both said I was eager to have Richard back when he was interested and that Richard was interested in a comeback. And that each one of us was kind of waiting for the other person to say they were interested. And that person said, hey, 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 you both said this. So I called Richard up and I, once I realized that, I was like, oh, oh. and, I, and I, I said, I have the perfect set for him. We're going back to Dominaria. Um, and that one of the fun things about going back is, you know, there's, there's a lot of nostalgia. Like, the Dominaria is where magic started, right? So, you know, we knew... Like, I, I can't get too much in this. But uh, um, we knew that it was going to be sort of a homecoming of types. And just having Richard involved, we thought would be awesome. Um, and anyway, I will tell more of, uh, of Dominaria as we get closer to it. But anyway, um, oh, the funny story, by the way, is just behind the scenes video thing, is Kelly and I were supposed to be in a different section of the building. By, by the way, if you actually know the Wizards building, the video doesn't make any sense. Like... We, what we did is we set up locations that we thought were fun locations to shoot. Um, so the idea, it was neat to be in front of Mitzi, the, the Shivan Dragon in the lobby, or in front of the art wall, or, you know, we just picked places that were, like, had cool art. Like the place they interviewed uh, Allison is in front of the printers with, the, you know, the big uh, angel art. And uh, the last scene is in front of the elevators with, you know... Anyway, we were trying to look for cool places that we can do things. And they had a completely different location for me and Kelly. Um, I can't remember where it was. I don't remember where it was. But uh, for some reason, we couldn't do it. In the last minute, we had to like make an audible and change it. So we ended up doing it downstairs. Um, basically, we have an area that's sort of the employee, I don't know what to call it, the lounge area for the employees. Um, and one of the things in the lounge area is this old uh, Dungeon Dragons video game from way back in the day. So the idea is like, oh, it's fun. Okay, we'll do it. We'll, we'll, uh, hey, you and Kelly. Like I, like, I haven't played that video game probably ever. Um, well, maybe, well, uh, but anyway, we decided to be fun. You know, Kelly, Kelly and I are playing a video game, and then Nate walks by. So, um, And so we, we changed it, and uh, we did a bunch of takes. And then in between takes, Kelly and I were trying to play the video game just because I'd never played before. That's actually kind of fun. So you can pick, like, one of four. Like, you can be a, a fighter or a thief or a wizard, you know you pick your class and then each class was a different race and stuff anyway um like you know elf like it was like anyway um so uh we set it up and then um ran through a bunch of times um but anyway that's not the exciting part of the story um the exciting part of the story was the final scene so the one thing that um I was given some ability is Originally, when they wrote the script, uh, Trick, who wrote it, wrote something different for the end. And I came back and I said, you know, I, I have an idea for a funny bit. Could we, you know, could I, could I just change things a little bit? And what I said is, look, um, the, the, the bit that Trick had kind of written in was that there was 
this reluctance to tell uh, about Unstable. Um, and, and actually, I don't remember quite how Trick's version came out. But I said is, well, how about this? What if um, the idea is we people want to talk about it, but it keeps getting shut down. And at the end of the video, I come up to Nate and I'm like, okay, come on, we're not going to end the video and not tell them. And then Nate will go, no, no, you know, Liz, the brand manager, said we can't do it. So, no, we're not going to do it. Um, and then I would say to him, you know, oh, well, are you, are you still filming? And there would be a beat. And then there's this moment where, like, both he and I kind of understand what's about to happen. Uh, and then I just start revealing everything. Uh, and then Nate is supposed to stop me, is the idea. Um, so the first time we did it, um, and we did, we did a whole bunch of, well, oh, so one of the funny things is the way the scene's supposed to work is I come running out of the elevator. Um, if you remember the scene, so I come running out of the elevator. So what had to happen was I had to get in the elevator. I had to close the doors and then I had to open the doors. But the problem was whenever somebody, if somebody else had pushed the button calling the elevator, the second the doors closed, the elevator left. It didn't open again. Um, and so multiple times I would get in the elevator to sort of, um, you know, close it so we can start our scene. Because the thing is, Nate has to talk for a second before I come in. Um, and so what happens is, multiple times I would get in the elevator, someone would call it, and then I would leave. Uh, and then when I would come back, I would just, wherever they're at, I'd jump in, in the scene. And so um, uh, we, we did a bunch of different takes. A few of them I'm actually still there, but a lot of them I actually i am literally coming back. Um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure which take we ended up using. But anyway... Um, so I said to Nate, okay, here's what's going to happen is I'm going to splurt this out and you're supposed to stop me. Um, now Nate is, I'm not quite twice my size, but much bigger than me. Um, and so we did the first take and really it's just me screaming in the camera. I'm like, no, no, Nate, you, you got to hold me back. Um, so Nate tries to hold me a little bit and basically each take I'm like, no, 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 like really, really try to stop me. Nate. Try. I will not let you stop me. You try, you try to stop me. I'm not going to let you stop me. Um... And we did a bunch of different takes on it. Each time I was like, no, no, you know. And I think the take that we finally used, there's a point where Nate, Nate was actually trying to subdue me. Uh, and he said that I was squirrely. I was hard to hold on to. See, squirrely for un unstable. Um, but anyway, he said I was hard to hold on to uh, because I was, like, I was trying. So anyway, the reason it looks pretty realistic is Nate is really, I mean, not that he doesn't want me to have my lines or anything, but he, he, he's honest to God was trying to subdue me because um, what we said is if he actually subdues me then we'll reshoot the shot but I'm like you because know, the more he tried to subdue me the harder it was because I'm just I'm hard to grab onto and I was really trying to get away from him so I could talk to the camera um, so anyway we're shooting this and like I said each take is is Nate manhandling more than the one before like the first take he's like he's holding my arm or something and by the end he's just trying to take me down um, so one of the funny things is so we're recording and now remember, we're in the lobby of the third floor. That's where the shot happened. Um, oh, it's like I was saying before. If you actually know the Wizards building, by the way, the, the video doesn't... There, there's no actual... Like, Nate was like on the fourth floor and then the third floor and then wanders around the second floor. Like, it, it doesn't actually have any logical... Through, but most of the audience doesn't actually know the layout of the building, so it doesn't matter. Um, but anyway, uh, so we are in the middle of the third floor lobby... Uh, which is you know, the, 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 on the third floor by the elevators. And he is wrestling me, and we're doing our scene. And one of the elevators opens up, and it was a bunch of people from R&D. Um, and they have no idea what's going on, other than there's a bunch of people, a camera, and Nate wrestling me to the ground. 
And so they open up, they look and just see this chaotic scene, and then they just stay in the elevator and the elevator closes. Um, which, I, if we had the camera, if we had the ability to tape that, that would have been in the shot, because that was really funny. Um, but anyway, so Nate tries to subdue me, uh, and I get the information out. Oh, the other little touch I wanted to do was I wanted to wear my unglued shirt. Uh, there's sadly no uh, unhinged shirt. Uh, but unglued had a t-shirt. Oh, I hope... Ooh, I hope Unhinged has a t-shirt. I hope uh, Unstable has a t-shirt. Um, Unhinged did not have a t-shirt. So I wore my unglued t-shirt, and at the end of it, I take off my flannel. Uh, it, it, you, and you can see I'm wearing the same shirt in the previous scene with, with me and Kelly. Um, and uh, but anyway, then he's trying to subdue me, so uh, I, liked, I liked how the video comes out. So uh, so anyway, the... I'm trying to think what else the announcement uh, no, So my article went up Monday, the Metamorphosis 2.1. 2.0, sorry. Uh, and I was really happy with the response. People seemed really excited. Um, the corset coming back had a lot of positive responses. And the the move to all large sets and drafting alone, each such drafted by itself. Oh, one of the things, a real cl- clarification here for people who, um, things I said in the article, but have a little, since I, ha- I have some time, a few clarifications about my metamorphosis 2.0. So number one is, um, the plan moving forward is that we now have... Fle- it used to be that every block was on its own world. That, you know, back when blocks were one large set and two small sets, well, that's how long we stayed on a world. And then when blocks were one large set and one small set, that's how long we stayed on the world. Um, what we're saying now is the duration that we stay on a world is not at all indicative of how many sets were there. If we have a story that requires us being on a set for one world, we're there for one set. Two sets, we're there for two sets. Three sets, we're there for three sets. Like whatever the story and or, you know, what, whatever we need, how long we need to be on the world. Um, the parameter that I set is, if we're on the same world, I will make sure that the mechanics feel in core to the world. But I will make sure that each each um, draft experience has its, feel, its own identity. So what does that mean? What does that mean exactly? So what it means is... Um, that um, I have the right to extend mechanics if I need them. My example was, let's say we went to Kaladesh um, and we decided we wanted to stay in Kaladesh for two sets. Um, What would have happened is set number one would have been Inventor's Fair and we would have done probably, I don't know, similar to what we did. And set two would have been Rebellion and Rebellion would have been much had more of a different tone from the first set. But um, maybe, for example, if I felt like, wow, it's hard to be in Kaladesh and not have energy. Like, energy is so core to Kaladesh. Maybe what would have happened is the first set had its mechanics, and it's all about building and inventing. And the second set would have been about this great revolution, and it would have been more, I mean, kind of what we did do, but in a way where we're not trying to make them play together. Um, But... The idea is that if we're staying on the same world, I have the freedom, if I want to, to extend mechanics where I need to. Um, now, the plan is I'm not planning to do what we normally do with large sets and small sets, where the small set is some obligation to carry a certain amount of the big set. Like, the way small sets have always worked is we introduce new mechanics in the big set. Most of those mechanics are in the small set. Not all of them, necessarily, but most of them. And usually we introduce something new in the small set. The idea moving forward is large set would have all new mechanics. Second large set, if we're staying in the same world, um, would have mostly new mechanics, 
but I reserve the right to extend a mechanic or two if organically to the world that's important. And if I do that, one of the things I'm on, I'm on the hook for is making sure that that mechanical element has a different facet that we play into. So what people were asking is one of the things they were worried about in the loss of the small set is that we wouldn't have mechanical evolution. And my answer there is no, we can, that if we're on the same world, we reserve the right to do that. But, and here's the stick, the trick is, not every, um, not every mechanic really has space for all that much mechanical uh, innovation. The other thing, which I didn't say, but I'll tell you now, is one of the things moving forward is, and this is not just Metamorphosis 2.0, this, this is, actually has to do with a lot of other things, is we're trying to pull back a lot how much we do in, in a set. And one of the beliefs we've had is that we have gotten, uh, like if you go back to cons and to um, um, Battle for Zendikar and Shadows of Innistrad, we, we feel that we push a little too many mechanics. That part of what we want to do, part of the, the thing I'm working on is trying to say sort of a less is more strategy, which is I'd rather have fewer mechanics, explore those mechanics in greater depth than just have lots of mechanics. That I... I I feel like we do a disservice when there's just too much stuff going on at once. And, and so my new dictum moving forward is that a large set has what I, I, I've been calling three and a half mechanics, which means if they're large mechanics, three, if two of them are a little smaller, sometimes four, but that, that is it, that we're going to try to go cleaner and simpler and have less mechanics. But the side effect of that is we get to explore them a little more. So what used to happen in the small set where hey, large set does the basic thing and small set does a little bit of a tweaking of it will appear more in the, within the singular set. I'm assuming it's on the small side of tweaking things. Um, if we're talking more major things, um, that is something where maybe we're taking the mechanics and it can branch between, between sets. Um, the other thing is, what this means for story is that we had kind of got into this, um, the nature of the block said, we, the, the, the story and the blocks tended to be lock sync, meaning each sort of sub-story, I mean, I understand there's a larger story being told, but the individual stories tended to be like started and ended on the same world. Oh, we're in Theros, well, let's tell the story of Theros, and that the block nature made our stories match the blocks. Um, but once we open up this freedom and say, you know what, the blocks, and, you know, we will stay in worlds as long as we need to and we will tell stories at the length we need means that not only now do we have the freedom, like it used to be a block was one world and a block was one story. So one story was always one world. We're now detaching those two things. If we have a cool story to tell in which act two is on a different world, we could start the story in one world and the next set goes to a different world and the story continues, like, we can, the joke I've been saying is we can start telling planeswalker stories where people actually planeswalk. Um, one of the funny things, the nature of our stories is that the stories always started and ended on the same world. So the act of planeswalking was, re was usually not relevant to the individual story. Like, I show up when the story begins, I leave when the story is over, but not enough was part of the story itself, you know, things that moving places wasn't part of the story. 
And this new model will allow us the freedom to do that. Um, that we could start a story in one world and part of the story is they're planeswalkers, they go to another world. Um, and that, that is pretty cool. Um, that is something that is, is quite neat. Um, the other thing about, about Metamorphosis 2.0 that uh, I, I, there's a lot of nuance there uh, is the, um, the, the t- there's, there's sort of a, a bit of a tempo change in how we're, we're building things. Um, large sets, small sets have always been at the mercy of a large set. That a small set is always like, I'm trying to sort of speak to what the large set is. Um, and so this, we now move to a world where each of the sets get to sort of dictate their own thing. And that it, it's hard to explain. Like The other thing that's coming that I sort of teased out that I, I can't talk too much yet, but there's a big revamping behind the scenes of how we make magic. Uh, a big one. Like probably the biggest we've had since I have worked at Wizards, which is a long time. Um, and so I'm going to do an article in the fall all about this, but, uh, behind the scenes, sort of what, what I'm, the, the piece that I'm not telling you that is going to, you'll, you'll come out soon. I'm kind of waiting to get closer to the sets that, like we have this problem where thing are, we worked two years in the future. And so when something changes for us, you know, we kind of wait until it affects you. Like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to explain the change in our processes till you get to the point where the sets you're seeing are changed by the... Pro- you know, like, for all intents and purposes, um, the system as you know it hasn't changed yet because the sets you're seeing are under the old system. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to get to the new system until, hey, these are actually the sets that happen under the new system. Um, but I will give you the little tiny tease that it is the biggest change we've ever made, ever. I mean, I mean given... Uh, the two years before my time, you know, I, I started two years in and not major changes happened before I started and I've been there since ever since that. Um, but I, I think this is a good thing and it is a natural extension of what we're doing. Uh, the, the changes, when, when I announce them, I, I announce different changes at different times, but there's an organic album that goes on. All the changes kind of moving toward one unified goal, you know, making the best magic sets. Um, so, oh, I'm traffic. So, okay, what else, what else can I expand upon? Because uh, I started this week about the announcement. I've made it a little more, uh, I mean, it's about different elements of announcement week. Um, the, so Tuesday, Tuesday we announced uh, the sort of, well, Tuesday was two things. One was we wanted to talk about sort of our digital future. And I, I admit, I admit, we, we, we had basically, so there's a big thing in the spring, and sorry, in the fall called HasCon. HasCon stands for Hasbro Convention. Uh, it's a convention of all of Hasbro's IPs. So Transformers, My Little Pony, Nerf, uh, you know, Monopoly Clue. You know, there, there's, there's tons and tons of stuff. I mean, I mean Hasbro's a giant company. Uh, and Magic is what we are part of, of that. Um, and so we are really trying to do some fun stuff. So, by the way, if you happen to be uh, able to attend, it's, it's September, I think, 9th through the 11th in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, I am going to the event. I have never, I've never been, well, I've never been to Hascon before, but I've never been to Providence. That's where the headquarters to Hasbro is. In fact, the event is like across the street from the headquarters of Hasbro. 
um, in the Dunkin' Donut Center, I think it's called. Um, but anyway, we really are doing a big, some big splashy stuff. And one of the big things we're doing is we're making our big announcement. Like we're, we're making a lot of investment in, in, in a digital future. Um, and I think we, we want to scream from the rooftops all the stuff we're doing. But the problem is that like it takes time to make things and, you know, we, we want to sort of announce things when it, we're at the right stage because we, we don't want to, the thing we don't want to do is, hey, cool thing. And then due to other things, like it just comes out later than we expect. And then you're just sitting there waiting for something. We want to announce things when we can say, and, you know, here's the tangible thing. So um, the announcement on Tuesday about the digital stuff, I, look, I admit it was, it was a little on the, uh, it was kind of an announcement, but an announcement as they say. But uh, there, there is a lot of cool things. I, I, I while I can't talk specifics, I can say as someone who's seeing things behind the scenes, I am more optimistic about our digital future than I've ever, ever, ever been. Um, and not only, uh, there are multiple projects. You know, there are a lot of things going on. And, and some, of, some of it was talked about in the, in the article. Uh, there's even more that, that you guys don't know yet that's coming. But there's a lot of cool, lot of cool stuff coming digitally. There's a lot of neat things. And so um, I, I know that Tuesday's announcement wasn't quite as exciting as we wanted it to be. Um, kind of like unstable. Like I've been wanting to... Oh, so by the way, something I, I mentioned uh, real quickly is the... Uh, for people that don't know, I started to work on Unstable in 2011. Um, in fact, when I started working on it, it, it didn't even have a release yet. Uh, when I get closer to it, I'll, I'll tell the whole story. But uh, basically, I was kind of doing it on spec, as they say, from my Hollywood days, meaning we kind of felt like if we made something, it would be easier for us to convince people to do it. So we sort of started making it before we had to go ahead. Like, we didn't know it was going to get released when we started making it. But anyway, I started my blog, I think, in 2012, um, blog talk. So for the entire duration of my blog, uh, and I answer, I've answered, I think I'm getting close to 100,000 questions since 2012. So in five years, I, 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 I'm, I'm close to 100,000. I haven't looked at it recently. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm somewhere around 100,000. So I've answered, I, I, I answer something like 20,000 questions a year, some crazy number. Um, and all that time, you know, unstable is a third unsaid is a topic that comes up all the time, comes up constantly. And um, all that time I had to play dumb. I, I had to sort of, you know, act as if it wasn't coming out and how would I respond? And so I was so happy to tell you guys like yesterday, just the, the weight off my chest. I literally woke up early. I, I couldn't sleep. I was so giddy. I was so excited that we were talking to you guys. So, and, and everybody, the reaction was so awesome. So thanks for that. Um, it really was an awesome re response. Um, I'm glad you guys are as happy about it as I'm happy about it. Um, because I really, really, really hope there's an audience. Because if, if this set doesn't do well... So the, what happened is the previous two sets, on, on Gluten Unstable, this, these were some of the earliest supplemental products we ever did. And the problem was that... Um, the problem was that we didn't really know much about supplemental products. So we treated them like they were small sets. So we printed them in the volume of a small set, which is way, way more than you're supposed to print a supplemental product. You know, especially this product, which was, look, it's not a tournament, you know, you're not playing this in tournaments. You know, it's fun. It's something that you might want to have play with your friends. And you can do casual, constructed and stuff. You know, there's a lot of fun things you can do with it. But look, it's not going in your standard deck. Um, and anyway, it, it, both sets did well. Both sets sold, sold well. But we made too much. We overprinted. 
Uh, and the way I try to explain people is anything is a failure. Overprinting will make anything a failure. It's not like, oh, it didn't do well. It didn't do well because you made too much. Let's, for example, take our best set ever, you know, um, or whatever. Take, take, take a set like, uh, you know, um, pick your favorite magic set, whatever, whatever it is. Um, if we print 20% more than what we did, it would have, we would have, it would have been a disaster for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, if we, if you print too much, it doesn't matter how good the set is. It doesn't matter how popular it is. It doesn't matter how much people buy that. It's, if you just print more than they're going to buy, then it becomes a problem. And the big thing with the unsets was there was a, there was a, a sense in the building that, oh, they both were failures because we had to get rid of product. Because um, if we make too much product, then we end up destroying products. What happens, for those that don't know? Um, and in both cases, we destroyed products. So this feeling in the building was, oh, well, this isn't something players really want. Look, we had to destroy all this product. Um, and we spent a lot of time trying to communicate, no, 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 that's not actually what the data says. The data shows that there was an audience, the audience liked it, it was actually very popular for the audience that wanted it, but we just made too much. And like, if you exceed demand, well, then any product will fail. Um, so anyway, there was, a, there was a lot, the reason it took so long, 13 years to get the next unset, is um, we really had to sort of convince a lot of people that there was an audience. And the, the success of Conspiracy helped us a lot. Because Conspiracy has a similar, like, there are cards in Conspiracy, you'll never play anywhere else. But yet people like Conspiracy, so... Um, so I'll say this a few times probably before uh, the set comes out, but if you are a fan of Silver Border sets, if it's something you want to see, if it's something you appreciate, um, I, I need people to put some money where their mouth is that I, I really need people to buy the set because it, I'll tell you this, if the third unset is not popular, there will never, ever be a fourth on ever be a fourth unset. So um, the good news is I made the best unset of my life, I or so far. Maybe I've been better one than me. But I, I, I made the best one so far. It is really cool. There's all sorts of things in it that players have been wanting forever. That, that it, It's hard to put it in normal magic, but I got it into, uh, into Silver Border magic. And there's a lot, lot of fun stuff there and a lot of cool things. Can't talk about that yet. Um, uh, announcement week. Uh, oh, also announcement week, we announced the banning of A The Work Marvel. Um, I wasn't super involved in that. I, I will say, uh, the one thing I want to talk about for that is, look, we never, ever, 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 ever like to ban things. Banning things isn't good. We don't want to ban things. Um, but on the flip side, we also don't want to live in a world where we're so cautious about banning that we never push the boundaries and we never push the edge. Um, did we make a mistake here? Look, we ban we, we've had three bannings within a calendar year when the previous banning was, what, five years ago or something? So, look, we made mistakes. Um, you know, Friday, Friday's announcement was introducing the play design team. Um, Dan introduced his new team, and, like, look, we understand we made a mistake. We understand we did something wrong, and so we are changing things. Uh, the sign to be worried is when things break and we go, well, eh, don't worry about it, you know. Things broke, and we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to change the system. And so we are radically changing things. Um, so one of the questions that always comes up is, hey, weren't you doing that? What was the future future league? And the answer is, there's a difference between your primary job is this thing and one of your mini jobs is this thing. What happened with the FFL is, it was like 
it was like a job for many people, but it wasn't their primary job. It was sort of, for a number of people, was their secondary or tertiary job. And when you have so much going on, well, a lot of times you, you're like, well, I have to focus on my primary thing. Hey, there's so many other people doing the secondary thing. I'll let some of them pick up the slack. And then enough people sort of focus on their thing because it's not their primary job that you just get the eyes off the ball. And one of the idea of the play design team is there's a team who that, that is their primary job. That's what comes first and foremost. And so, um, yes, we banned Aetherwork Marvel. I, I, we banned it because we think it, it led to unfun tournaments and we felt like banning it led to a more fun magic environment. Um, but we are working hard behind the scenes because we do not want to ban things. You know, and we have, we have violated your trust. We had to ban three things in a year. That's not something we should ever do. And so what I'm saying to you is we will try to earn that back and, you know, get, we will regain confidence through our actions. That, that's all we can do, you know. Um, we, we can't do it through words. We need to do it through actions. But um, anyway, hopefully, hopefully when the dust settles and we, we're, we're looking back at this from the distant future, uh, it, this will be, and wow, this, 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 the silver, the silver lining was this, these serious mistakes made us change how we did things for the better and for, for the rest of Magic, things are better in how we do it. Um, the one last announcement was on Thursday. We did some OP stuff. That was a pretty minor announcement. Oh, and then Friday we announced Hour of Devastation. That's all our previews and stuff. And Dan, obviously, on Friday. Um, but anyway, at this point, hopefully you guys have seen Hour of Devastation. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I really, I'm really happy that we finally got a chance to give Nicole Bolas his due. He's kind of been the villain behind the scenes, twirling his fingers, going, you know, you know, he's been the puppet master. But I, I just want, we really wanted to show him being a badass. Like, why should you be afraid of Nicole Bolas? Here's why you should be afraid of Nicole Bolas. And we thought it was important in the gate watch. They, they really need to be knocked down a peg. Uh, you know, they had a few, they got lucky early on. And we felt like part of building a team is, you know, telling a cool story is saying, hey, guess what? You know, you you might not know everything, and so that was important important part of our storytelling. And so our devastation does all sorts of cool things. So anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed all of announcement week and the stories behind announcement week. But I'm now at Rachel's school, so we all know that means this is the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time. Bye bye.